Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 526. And today I'm joined by the legend that is Lou Sanders. I'm a huge fan of Lou. I talk about it all the time. I was excited to get to talk about that with Lou and make sure Lou knows that I think Lou's wonderful. It's a typically great chat, okay? We we discuss a lot of stuff. We forget a lot of stuff. We say a lot of stupid stuff. And we just have a wonderful time. As said, I think Lou's amazing. And I was incredibly excited with the announcement of Lou's book, What's That Lady Doing? Full Starts and Happy Endings. I'm now over the halfway point of it and absolutely adoring it. Lou digs me out in this interview for not having read the whole book prior to the interview. But this is the biggest testament to the quality of a book, right? Podcasters will know. Lou herself will know this. When you've got someone coming on your podcast and they've got a book out, right? You're giving the book a read because you're doing your prep. You're getting stuff ready. Sometimes, once you've done the podcast, you don't necessarily always return to the book because you've done, even if it's a great book, it just happens because you may be having to prep for another podcast or just life is hectic. But Lou's book, I returned to the next day and yesterday as I'm recording this. So I'm smashing through it. It's an absolute joy. Don't believe anything she she says about me in this podcast. It's very unfair. And you can pre-order Lou's book now. I can't recommend, I'm recommending it. I'm recommending it again. And I literally can't recommend it enough. So, you know, also a big fan of Cuddle Club, Lou's podcast. I have listened to every single episode of Cuddle Club that has ever been put out. So that's about as 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 glowing a symbol of support and and love. I can't speak. Lou's great. Listen to Lou. I'm going to chat to Lou now. We're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can buy my merch and support. There's loads of good summer merch over there, including swimwear. Me and Lou didn't get around to talking about it, I don't think, but we were trying to arrange to record this podcast somewhere that we could go for a swim afterwards. In fact, actually, that's not true. Lou said trying to arrange it somewhere that she could go for a swim afterwards. I don't think I was technically invited, but I had in my mind invited myself. So you can get Scroobius Pip swimwear at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can get all the good stuff over there. Sunglasses, five-panel hats, all sorts of goodness. Twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pipio is where you can keep up with me chatting, hanging out with you guys, answering your questions, engaging with you in general in a live format. Sometimes I'm playing computer games. Sometimes I'm doing wild stuff. Sometimes I'm watching things. Sometimes we're going over career-type stuff. Um... And patreon.com forward slash Pip is where you can support the podcast for as little as a couple of quid a month. Let's get into this. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast episode 526 with the wonderful Lou Sanders. I just scratched the mic and it and came it showed up. up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I mean, Lou, you, you must have recorded hundreds of podcasts at this point over Zoom. Yes, but not, but no, not actually over Zoom. Oh, no, you use... Yeah, a few different ones, actually. A few different yeah. ones. Yeah. 
Good variation. Oh, you fucked it because now you're going to have to come on my podcast. <sighs> I've, I've, I've been on, Lou. I've literally been on your podcast. So... Oh, yeah! One of my... Genuinely, one of my first questions here is, is, how's, is how's your memory? Oh, genuinely, one of my first questions. God, it's not good. It's not good. No, because mine isn't either because you've been on my podcast as well and I've not got a fucking clue what we talked about at all. No. I, my only memory on yours is I asked you if a hand job is a cuddle um, and you didn't feel it was. But other than that... I didn't feel it was at the time. <laughs> it's, it's still up for debate. <laughs> but how are you, Lou? How are you? Yeah, I am worried about my memory, but I... Okay, so I'm always saying, oh, my memory's got better, but it's low-level shit. The whole time is bad. But anyway, I saw my healer and she said I needed to get some nonny juice and a magic wand. And I... um spent about £450 on a magic wand and quite a lot on nonny juice. Well, there we mm. go. That's, that's a good collection then, right? <laughs> nonny juice is just grape extract. And okay, a magic that's good wand, to know. A magic wand is just something that like heats the cells in your body and it's got like it's supposed to be that the frequency that our bodies are or something uh, to be honest i've used it twice so i mean it's not a very good experiment anyway it's, it sounds amazing <laughs> you're not a fan of the dark arts are you as a teen i probably would have been i was definitely like a little punk kid and, and a mm. metal kid but uh, i mean you've got onto another subject already that i wanted to talk about a little bit because wow, or the last time we spoke you're very s- spiritual and into yeah. a lot of that stuff i'm not but i'm very open to it i'm not one of those people who are like oh it's all nonsense yeah <laughs> Do you, uh, uh, i mean i feel that with religion as well i think i don't believe religion but i don't think i need to believe religion i think mm. it's what it does for other people the effect that having belief on other people has. But since we last spoke, I've done some sh- shamanic journeying um, and a sweat lodge thing, and it f- fucking blew my mind. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So, 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 what, what is it about kind of spiritual stuff that you're drawn to? Do you? Because my thing with the whole shamanic journeying thing was, I don't necessarily believe it, but I do believe the effect it has. If you know what I mean. Right. I don't necessarily know that I really went to another dimension or plane, but I know that whatever we did drew things out of me and made me realise things, and that's the important part. Well, because all the other stuff is nebulous anyway, as in, like, what is reality? What is another plane? I don't know. Like, I guess it's the result or how it makes you feel, what you experience. I guess it's an experience. But what happened at the sweat lodge? The sweat lodge I didn't have as good and or I didn't have as dramatic an experience. Although like we did like so we built the sweat lodge with this guy who's trained in it it for years. And then we're all in there and they do five different kind of j- j- journeys. So it will be pitch black. They're bringing in these red hot stones. You're sweating out and there'll be a guy guiding you. So we'll go on this one we're going to look for what we want help with in life or whatever else. And the first four I struggled to to connect with, which kind of annoyed me because the day before we'd done the shamanic journey and and I went in expected nothing and just had this amazing time. I met my spirit animal. I met my spirit. What was your spirit animal? Now, this was a... This was a slight annoyance because I go into this, like, again, the way they do it is this whole process. So I'm in this place and it's a a lake in Wales that means a lot to me. And I'm looking for my spirit animal and I saw like a lion 
and I saw a wolf and I saw a polar bear and all these things, but they all felt like things I was trying to project. Like yes. I wanted my spirit yeah, animal to yeah. be a lion. Of course you did, of course you did, um, yeah. So I saw my dog, all sorts of things. I was like, you know, there was a lot of things I saw there. But I was trying to be true to it. So each yeah. of them, I was like, no, this is just, you know, ego, I'm whatever, forcing yeah. it. Ego, you know, wanting this protection or wanting something cool. And yeah. then I glanced down and there's this little otter swimming on his back. Oh, lovely. And I'm like, I literally, I looked at him and I went, it's fucking you, isn't it? And he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's me. And it was lovely a little otter. So we had An this otter. little hangout. Um, yeah. In this in this process, like you meant to ask them, them what you're here to teach me. And I didn't really get much out of that, but. We both just floated about in this this water for a while, and it was so peaceful and so l- lovely. And yeah, that's really nice. Did you look up on it and what it means? I didn't because the guy who was Wait, doing yeah, the journey. I've got to get my coffee. I've got to get my coffee. <laughs> yeah, go on. Go the on. guy who was doing the journey and advised us not to because he said, "If you want to know w- w- what it means, ask your spirit animal. Ask the ask the thing rather than go fire a book that m- maybe." what it means to someone else or what it means mm-hmm. in a certain culture and not in this culture. So, yeah, I've tried, I've consciously not looked it up because I've just been like, right, that's who it is. And um, um, what did Otter say when you said, what are you here for? What's your what's your strengths and weaknesses? What's your top Trump's card, you know? Well, w- when I kind of asked what they're there to teach me, he said he's not here to teach me anything, but not in a, Ooh, you've got it all figured out way, in a, no. not right now. In a not in this moment, like at the moment, and again, I felt that it was like at the moment, I'm just here for you Swimming to accept around. this and swim about and relax, yeah, yeah, and yeah, take yeah. it easy. Oh, so, yeah. I really want. To, I'm having a look on the totem animal. What it means? I'm sorry, I know you're not allowed to, <laughs> yeah, but I am. Is it seeming okay. like a good thing? Is it seeming it's positive? It's gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see why they're not there to teach you anything at the moment. Yeah, mm. that's really nice, actually. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. But yeah, in the actual sweat lodge on the next day, I didn't get anything for four. And then the fifth journey, I was sobbing absolutely uncontrollably. Um, Wow. And it was all to do with my dad. And worrying about my dad and hoping he's okay and hoping he's 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 dealing with his life okay and things like that. And it was a weird one. Like all the things I went to this retreat for. Yeah. I didn't get any answers on, but I found out a load of other things that it was like, no, here's what you're worrying about. Here's here's why you needed to be. And it was mad. I said, wow. I was four in and I was like, oh, this is a shame. Like, this one hasn't worked out for me. Like, literally. <laughs> I, on, I was four on, in and I was looking at the refund policy. <laughs> genuinely, on the fourth one, I was thinking about, we're going to be f- finished in about an hour. It will take yeah. me about 90 minutes to drive home. Yeah. What takeaways are going to be open? I was, I was planning my evening's m- meal. But then, yeah. yeah, the fifth one knocked me for six. It was a, uh, yeah. Whoa, you can't have the expectations, I guess. You just got to get in there, sweat, sweat, sweat your balls off and see what happens. Yeah, what, what, what have been the spiritual things that have impacted you the most? Because I know you do a lot and you talk about them a lot and you, you'll often talk about them in a jokey way or in a playful way, but you've been looking into a lot of this stuff for a long time. So it obviously oh, does yeah. mean I, a lot to I you. Did, I did go to a sweat lodge, actually, when I was... Um, everyone thinks they're Native American in, in past lives, don't they? Because it's kind of like the sexy one. Yeah, but um, yeah. and, I, and I once I wanted to dress as a Native American for this uh, costume party years ago, I'll, I'll clarify that, but people were still like, oh, it's a bit of, um, you know, what's that word? When you take from another culture. 
Yeah, yeah, appropriation. Yes, appropriation. Cultural appropriation. And I was like, oh, it's so annoying that it is appropriation. But what they don't understand is I have been Native American in two different <laughs> past lives. <laughs> You'll be pleased. No, I left the hairdresser at home. I, but, I, um, I worried about that with this this sweat lodge thing. And it was no, only because the guy no, who no, taught no, it no. was trained by Native American. He's of mixed... Uh, background and culture himself like you've got to respect other cultures but if you're using them like in a respectful way I think it's learning about them the appropriation thing I get a bit it depends in what context it's done in because like I went to a Bollywood party when I worked for this healthcare company and um, there was a diverse range of like employees and the Indian employees were teaching us how to like tie our saris and stuff like that and it felt really like a nice like we were learning from their culture and they were really proud to like show us their dances and their food and stuff like that and it's the beauty know, of multiculturalism really, yeah, isn't it yeah. that's, that's what's great when cultures but can but nowadays mix. people would be like oh you can't have like a body will party or whatever mm. so I don't know but anyway tricky but um, as long as everyone's respectful I don't know anyway I did go to a sweat lodge and I went with my boyfriend at the time this was like 12 years ago or something and I was not the woman you see before you today so I think I upset the energy of the sweat lodge because right because I was quite hyper and there had to be like a sacred kind of respectful energy. I keep using that word, but you had to sort of match the vibe in the sweat lodge, but I was sort of bouncing around. And then someone even said a passive aggressive comment. And I think it was about me. They said like, well, some people's energy is disturbing to the whatever. And I was like, oh fuck, that's me. I think in those situations though, you can feel everything's about you. There was was one comment in 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 this one that someone it, it wasn't even it was something along the lines of I just hope everyone can be open and honest about what they're here for or something like that and in the <sighs> moment I instantly went oh this is me but because I've not found oh, anything sh- in this one I felt I'd yeah, yeah, clung yeah. at things I'd kind of I'd tried to express what I'm looking for but it was trying to do the say the right thing kind of thing and yeah. again I'm sure that wasn't actually aimed at me but in oh, the moment no, I was this- like oh no no, this was definitely me because I was like not like I, I and my my boyfriend at the time like looked at me straight away when they said that. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. Me. But that's all right. You just learn. You got to learn, haven't you? Well, one of the main things I want to talk about is your new book, and that's a lot about who you were, who you have been, who you are, and all of these mm. things. But before we get to that, I want to check in on just how your day and how your week are going. I think oh, these on. things are important. With the other thing though, the, the spiritual stuff. Yes. I think oh yeah, so, I moved on. So like I was, like I loved boozing and everything. And then I lo- I had like addiction towards like relationships or, you know, being in love or whatever. And mm. then I think the spiritual thing was like the healthy addiction to get away from, because often when people stop drinking or yeah. it started before I stopped, well, I stopped drinking loads of times and then we're back to it. But because it did so much for me, I think I got addicted to that. So I literally, Actually had my healer like on like I was texting one of my healers codependent really awful idea and she was and I was asking her such dross as well so I was sort of like like I was obsessed with this guy for a bit and I was texting her about that like how ridiculous is that like a healer on speed dial like to say does he like me <laughs> yeah. and it's such bullshit and then I realized actually that's codependent it's crazy and I sort of pulled back from all of that. So now I don't do too much stuff. It's more, um, it does get addictive because you see it working. Yeah. Like cra- cranial sacral, I think I've had, the, I'm always fucking banging on about cranial sacral. It's embarrassing. Tell me about it. What, what, what What's that? 
That's the other thing. I don't. I still don't know what it is, but I've been about <laughs> sixty times. But it's it, it's a rebalancing of the body, but it helps move trauma around in the body. But it just makes you feel really nice, right? But it doesn't work with everyone. So I have sent some friends, and they've had amazing results. And then I've sent a couple of others, and they're like, you know, it doesn't really affect me. So I guess you have to keep trying different things until you find your thing. But I, I find that amazing. It's weird, isn't it? On those r- 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 recommendations after I went. To this this weekend lodge thing, it really affected me. But I've been really cautious of who I recommend it to as well because I'm like I've got certain mates who I think yeah I think they'd go in with the right attitudes, and it may or may not do anything. But I've only had one person I've kind of hard recommended it to, and and they went and they had an amazing time and thought it was fantastic. But yeah, it's weird with all that stuff because it is so personal and it's mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee, is it? Yeah. I mean, now I only go to this one kind of energy worker and I go like three times a year and that's it, what's online. But she encourages me to know that I've got all the answers and stuff rather than says, gives me a number, text me any time about like what colour shirt you should wear or whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's the (laughs) way to mental. Yeah, I think that's the thing with this, with the guy who was teaching the spirit animal kind of thing was like, look, you can come back and do this anytime you want, but I want you to get comfortable doing it yourself and going and talking to your spirit animal when you need answers rather than coming here. And again, I think it's all a similar thing. As I said, whether or not you believe you've got a spirit animal, it's essentially saying if you put yourself in the right environment and situation, then you can find the answers within yourself Mm-mm. however however is best for you yeah i love it yeah. all. it's fascinating and it is fascinating i do think the non juice and the magic wand are a step too far but you know who am i to say i'm not a scientist <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try everything out so so again before we get onto your book i made a note of how bad my memory is and not knowing what we discussed but one thing i don't think we discussed but i'm not sure is just me letting you know that I am your biggest fan um, and how much genuine joy your existence has brought me. I had this 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 thing a while ago where I had a good... It was during the pandemic when everyone was having weird times and mm. I sat down and had a good think. And it's you, Tim Key and Bob Mortimer are the three people that anything you're on in any situation... Like, you mm. know when there's things like... It's almost annoying for other people because you, you'll just start telling a story and I'll be laughing already because I'm so used to your 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 mannerisms and your your path on things and yeah i just thought i'd make sure oh, you know that you're a joy you. lou thank you do let channel four know because i don't <laughs> think i'm on enough stuff actually <laughs> with a few more but speaking of which i've got a section here i just thought that we could quickly discuss our favorite mm. boys and our favorite girls because because okay. brett goldstein is a shared favorite boy yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think since last time we spoke, he's probably won two Emmys, been nominated for... Th- like, the world's realising what a wonderful boy he is, mm, right? Mm, mm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing to observe mm. and see what it does and what it doesn't do. Yeah. Because you think you want all that and then just see, does it make a difference? I don't know. Yeah. And what are the positive differences and what are the negative yeah. differences? Yeah. I'm reading a book at the moment called The Success Myth. It's really good. And it's 
taps into that thing that we always want more because it's yeah. like you won two Emmys. Of course, you still want the third, yeah. you know, because otherwise you think, well, I'm going down the other side. Like, so I think, I don't know if he wants, I mean, I haven't spoke to him about it, but um, <laughs> I just think it's interesting how we're all mad and how mm. external success isn't really the thing, but it's still nice to have. And you can only really know that once you've got it because otherwise it's just a trite cliche. I'm kind of obsessed with the concept or, or with the lost concept of enough, of having enough. So I stopped my, my music career because I felt this has all gone really good. I'm going to draw a line under it there rather than continually chasing, getting yeah. one one venue level higher, one, you know, amount of album sales higher and, and things things like that. And I did the same with my club night. We did it for 10 years and then I went, cool, That's that feels like that's enough, rather than, because again, I think it is so easy to get in, particularly in these industries that are artistic, but have now become part of capitalism. There is that constant, well, I'm on yeah. a few Channel 4 shows. Yeah, I know, I, <laughs> I could, know. I, I could know. be on more. And it's like, yeah. again, I think it's a, a really weird, I think it's, it's something we constantly have to look at and consider, because you're com- completely right. It's always that that dream of what's next and what's mm. above where I'm at rather than I was once b- b- below where I'm at. And yeah. Yeah. But then I do think if you enjoying your life, like I do have a much better work-life balance now yeah. and I'm, I've got too much, too much life long. I'm not doing enough work. I need, I'm being lazy, but then I yeah. decided I'm just going to like uh, live like a playboy for a bit. Um, Love it. <laughs> But then that hasn't taken off as much as I wanted, actually. <laughs> well, I was going to have a summer of love and that hasn't really panned out too much. But um... Still reasonably early summer. <laughs> yeah, I but suppose so, yeah. It's interesting. There's a great book by Rutger Bregman called Utopia for Realists, which I really enjoyed. And in that, he talks about how, and my brother's always talked about this a lot, in society, in around the 70s or 80s, we stopped prioritising leisure. And leisure mm. was a big thing. Like, we were pushing for a three-day weekend at that point. The big thing mm. in the 70s was we're going to go to a three-day weekend because how great would it be to have more time off? Mm. Whereas somewhere in the 80s, time off became a sin or yeah, a dirty yeah, word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm the same on you. It is a is a balance. I'll sometimes steer into it too much and go, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of embracing my yeah, <laughs> my yeah, Playboy yeah. era far more yeah, than I yeah, should. Yeah. I'm a and I should still man. be I should, <laughs> should still be self motivated and getting more done. But we, we've got this friend called Ray, who's an international man of leisure, and it's just unbelievable. Really, I mean, he cannot work. Like he's definitely got a big old problem with ADHD or something. Like he can't sit still. He's bouncing around, but, you know, he's out. You do sort of look at him and think, oh, right, there's got to be a balance here. you got to get yeah. somewhere in between. <laughs> got to um, get something done. Who would you like to throw f- forward on favourite boys or favourite girls? Oh, I really like Sarah Kendall. Yes. Sarah Kendall is someone that I got mainly exposed to in Taskmaster. Yeah. And thought was absolutely astounding. And then have devoured everything I've seen of her yeah. Oh, and I really like, I can never say her name, Chi Lucheskin, who is doing a new sitcom with BBC. And it's really, I've seen the pilot and it's really great. She's great. She's great. I'm familiar with her. No, she's um, very big online. She's kind of like always doing sketches and stuff. I love it. R- Rob Alton is someone I've known for mm. years and I loved him being on your podcast recently because I think mm, Rob I love for, him. Uh, with the fringe, Rob was the one person I'd see every year at the fringe and it would mm. always when he was originally in these three fringe rooms with five people in there, I'd just be like, 
the world needs to witness this yeah. this brain because he's such a wonderful person. It was, was, was such a joy to hear you two sit down and chat. Oh, because he does he's think such differently. A soulful man, isn't he? Yeah. I've ne- yeah. Oh my! I've never known anyone that doesn't like Rob Alton. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, it's completely unimaginable. He's like a little puppy, but he's with more depth. Yeah, exactly that. But it, and and again, it's why you really get that. It's that cliche of this person must be protected at all costs. Mm. But I really believe that with Rob because he is like a puppy in that way as well. So, so it does, it does feel that so things are going to impact him so deeply yeah. and, and affect him so deeply. And yeah, mm, cute. he's a wonderful soul. Yeah, and his wife's really nice as well. She works at Avalon and they're just really, you sort of think, I think this is going to, I think this is going to last, you know? Yeah, beautiful people. Well, Let's talk about your book a bit. It's called. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, what's that that lady doing? It's coming out August it's not, it's called, the 17th. It's not. It's called What's That Lady Doing? Full Starts and Happy Endings. But uh, The full title. That's my apologies. the full title, yeah. <sighs> How did you find taking on the task of writing a book? Because it's. It's very it's 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 interesting because I'm I'm a chunk into the book. I've not finished it yet, but the book is what about. What page are you on? I've no idea. I've got it on my iPad, and that's right. upstairs. But I'm loving it. But um, the book is about your journey through life, and my instant thought is the book feels like a really big part of that j- journey because, as you touched upon earlier, there was a period that you were partying a lot or drinking a lot, and mm. you start off of your childhood and then you're, you're going into the wild years and then you're going into the years where you've kind of f- found yourself a bit more and writing a book feels like the top of that kind of thing yeah because you know? it's proper grown up and proper you I've got my sh- shit together now well it's funny you say that actually because my healer did say that <laughs> I'm writing that book to draw a line under that side of my life you know like it's mm. like it that draws a line and then it's like I'm starting the second part of my life now so yeah. that's interesting that that yeah, you say that. Did you get to the book where I was a drug dealer for the day? No, I haven't <laughs> got to that yet. But that's weird though, because I had a, a one day where I was a, really? a drug dealer for a day. Yeah, when I was at uni in Wolverhampton. When I was at uni I, as well, I was it was for a day. Yeah, it just happened that where I'm from, drugs were a lot cheaper than yeah. where I was at. Yeah. So I was at home one point. And thought, oh, I'll get a load of drugs for all me and my mates. Yeah. And then I went back and had w- one day of everyone just just buying drugs off me. And I was like, oh, I, again, it was another thing where <laughs> that, that may be the point I learned about the idea of enough because I was like, this could get addictive. Yeah. It was in, I, I was a poor kid, so it was instantly, oh, I just made two hundred quid in one yeah, night or yeah, something like yeah. that. I was like, yeah. never doing this again because oh, that's clever. I'll get into this that's world. really clever not to do it again. Uh, what's your story of it? I don't want you. I, I I was conscious. I don't want to come on and yeah. make you tell stories from your book, but you've brought it up. No, so. I'm not telling. I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm not telling you. I love it. But yeah, it was good to write the book. It was it was bloody hard and I was very honest, which is gross. But um, so gross, to be honest. Ugh. But I'm very scared about my mum reading it as well because... Do you think she comes across badly in it? No, I don't th- okay. th- think so. I think the honesty is 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 beautiful. I, I noted that by page four, I was w- 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 welling up because um, mm. it was just when you were talking about 
your brother and your concerns of your whole family reading this, essentially, talking about your kind of not wanting to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, And yeah, that honesty is, it's weird, isn't it, how simple honesty can be really emotional from the outside. I said, you probably, there's the bits I welled up on, you weren't right in thinking, oh, this will get people. But it was because it was so clearly honest. And I said, as you touched upon there, there was clearly a, a battle internally of how yeah. much do I talk about my family? How much do I talk about, you know, yeah. these real world people? Oh my God. The uh, publishers accidentally, when they, they put it up on Audible early before it's announced, so it's not announced yet, but it's announced like in the next day or two. But mm. And I, I've talked about it a lot anyway. But um, they put on Audible saying this book and they put private stuff that I told them that's not in the book and they'd put it on there because uh, there's some stuff I'm not going to say about my dad or whatever because whatever anyway they put this in the thing and then my dad got rushed to hospital with pneumonia and I thought he was going to die and I thought it's because he's seen the this is so narcissistic oh, no. but I was like he's seen you yeah. if he's got a google alert or whatever on my name he's seen it and it's killed him <laughs> and then I yeah. felt really bad but he's okay and that's down now so yeah that was dodge and also they put so the, the the worse than that in the blurb they put so really you can live laugh and yes love again as if that was my words and I thought that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me fucking <laughs> hell that was out there for 12 hours that was intense 12 hours of, of, live, laugh, of, and love of again. a live laugh love quote imagine imagine if I ever said that to you live laugh and love again shoot me in the head yeah it's quite painful um but how did you feel because again like I, I often have people come on on this podcast because the this isn't a comedy podcast. Like, we can laugh and we can joke, but we don't we have haven't. to. <laughs> well, that's I, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, often, I often have people come on here and feel, oh, did that go badly? Because, like, if they're a comedian, because it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...jokes yeah, constantly. Yeah. How was that writing? Because there's loads of laughs in it. Um, I did note as well, as well as welling up, I'd already smiled and done a reaction that in dis- in text I would describe as LOL, mm. but wasn't actually laughing out loud because I was on the oh, quiet no, zone of yeah. a train. So it was yeah. kind of the, like, you know, kind of an exhale, like yeah. the loud exhales. Yeah, 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 you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smile and an exhale. So I'd done a load of them. But yeah, how did you find that? And were you, was there a balance of, oh, is this, is there enough funny in there? Is there... Is I there did, too much? I did try make truth it funny because you yeah. at a few sometimes funerals are the funniest places in the world because mm-hmm. there's so much emotion, it's got to go somewhere. So I think it's a release, laughing, crying, it's all a release, isn't it? Wanking, it's all the same thing. But yeah. um so there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of erotica in there as well. How many times have you touched yourself? <laughs> yep, a few. <laughs> Speaking of, of of memories earlier, um, that's now reminded me that the only other thing I now remember from coming on Cuddle Club is admitting getting a hard on while cuddling someone who was mourning. Oh yes, so yes, that yes, was yes. another. It's all coming back. It's all yeah, coming it's back. Okay. As you mentioned, how yeah. as you mentioned how fun funerals can be. I'm saying, yeah. oh yes, they can also be sexy. Very. They can, they can be, also sexy. be very especially sexy, especially when we're at them. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I did try and make it funny. I think you you've got it. But also, uh, that's what I'm interested in in my shows is exploring like you know dark and light together and. Mm. I mean, I think anything's funny. Like, if someone dies, you're still making jokes a day later or something. You've got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of it, isn't it, I guess? Um, growing up in Ramsgate and Broadstairs and, and Thanet in general, mm. I love that whole area. I think it's amazing. 
or what are your feelings on it now and and how do they differ from your feelings at the time because when it's the place that, that you're born and it's not the big city or whatever else oh it's God. easy to I was such a dick when I was growing up like I touched on it in the bit but I was such a dick also I bit someone in the face and I forgot to put it in the book I was such you a dick you bit someone in the face yeah. and forgot to put it in the book yeah well, let's cover that well so I was such a like I was walking around Broadstairs in really over the top clothes going like why is everyone looking at me you know why they're looking at you because you've got yeah. like 10 inch orange, orange platforms on and shiny blue trousers and your hair in a weird shit like it's of course they're looking at you and then I'd be like this town I, I, I was acting like this town isn't big enough for me <laughs> like it was so, I was so awful like once we got <laughs> once we got like interviewed by some like I don't know some like newspaper like the Times or something and they said to me like do you think that's normal for a 15 year old and I was like what is normal and that was my whole personality like what is normal but yeah yeah, another time (laughs) when I was a bit older we were having a snowball fight with these older boys I would have been like 16 or something and one of them threw a snowball at me which is very much the aim of the game and honestly I bit his face like isn't that insane I was, yeah, that's quite intense. I was in, I was intense, and I was insane. But I do think people can change because I would never bite anyone in the face now, not even if they asked now, me. Again, if I'm, I'm enjoying coming up with comparable stories from when I was a child, and the story that made people think I was insane was in a similar area. But I think it's the opposite of what you've said. So you me and my friends, <laughs> no, me and some schoolmates were having a rock fight. Mm in a park so we're all just throwing rocks at each other which is the stupidest thing in the world yeah and at one point someone threw a rock it hit the floor bounced up and hit one of the kids in the face Mm. and like he had a bloody nose yeah everyone stopped other than me because my point was well if we're having a rock fight you can't stop because someone gets hit with a rock that's the point of a rock fight as as is the point of a snowball fight is you hit people with a snowball but yeah everyone thought I was mad because I was like Hey, just, yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. I will not stop till someone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> rules be rules. Rules, exactly. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It's not ideal. It doesn't fill me with joy to think. And that's not the only face I bit as well. I bit my friend Claire's face on holiday, but she did deserve it more. But now Big I would, face bite her. Yeah, but I never would do that now. And that is the mm-hmm. that is the power of spiritual healing. <laughs> <laughs> You're texting your healer saying, I want to bite this person in the face. Do you think it should? think I should not? You touch upon unusual looks and standout things. Instantly jumped out to me was your central ponytail, Mm. the old old limp unicorn. What was the genuine reaction as you went into school with that? Because again, I love, I completely relate to the, you did it at home and thought, Wow, yeah, people are wow. gonna fucking love yeah. this. I was such a tool. Like, I also had the biggest bow. Like, a, from Butlin's holiday camp, I bought this massive, like, massive cartoon bow, like yeah. as big as your head. And then my friend bought the same one, and I was livid. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm the I'm the girl with the big bow." And then she was. But um, yeah, when I went in with the ponytail, you know, right in the front of my face, I just, yeah. well, I, I genuinely thought everyone's gonna copy it, and I was like, "Why has no one thought of this before?" Because like we've seen the other ponytails, but this is we haven't seen this. Yeah. And I think the reason we haven't seen this is because no one's quite frankly has got the guts. <laughs> now I stroll in. But like I say in the book, by the end of the day, I thought, yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure people are sort of bowled over by this. 
Oh, they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it. I think. I think it's, it's never come into it's fashion, has it? Like since. No. Whereas eyebrows, brown owl in brownies, uh, used to like comb her eyebrows up. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I started doing it as well. And now, only but 20 years later, that is actually quite fashionable. Yeah, 100%. Big eyebrows are in. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. But like manicured up as well, like brushed up Mm. in that way that I used to. When I say 20 years, it's more than that, obviously. But let's not think about that. But but yeah. So everything comes back round apart from ponytail in front of the face. Yeah. I'm sure it'll have its time. Mm. Um. How do you feel about those kind of places now, though? Your than your your, oh, your Broadstairs, your, love them. your Ramsgates. Yeah, love them. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, would I live there? No, never. But go- <laughs> amazing but <gorgeous>. to visit. <laughs> oh God, lovely for the weekend. <laughs> I love those places because they do have. I, I, they make me think of places like the Isle of Wight, where. Mm. It does feel a, l- a little bit like time stopped, but in good ways. Yeah, if yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Not in necessarily just to, oh, everyone's backwards and this and that. It's like no, it's no, it's lovely. They've, yeah. they've not embraced the rubbish parts. Of, yeah. of modern culture. Yeah, I like. Um, I like Folkestone. I could see myself living in Folkestone, maybe. Yeah, but it's like you don't want to go backwards, do you? No, no. But you, I do. I think Margate's beautiful. Like I'm always trying to encourage other people to move down there. Yeah, and and again, like when you've bit that many people in the face in a yeah, certain you've area, you've got to get out. You've got, you've got to, to get move. Out, yeah. You've got to move <laughs> elsewhere. You've got to leave the past behind you. Um, three things early on, like as I said, I don't want to t- t- to make you tell stories, but three things early on you say which you don't go into in any any detail. You'll have to discuss the early on stuff because you haven't read past page twenty five. It's, no, I'm probably not paid past page 25, but you literally sent it to me a few days ago. Oh, so. you do loving it. It's a real page. My friend read it in a day. Was that Ray, who's a man of leisure? No. Because no. I'm not. <laughs> Ray read it standing read. up as well. No, no, no. <laughs> but you, you speed through, barred from an osteopath for for crossing the line, r- r- rugby tacking a security guard mm. and getting a 2 2 from one of the, the bottom universities in England. Mm. Give me details on one of them. Well, no, I do. Pick one. I do go into detail in the book, which you. Oh, they go later on, which yeah. I've not got to yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did get barred from an osteopath. I did. What, uh, what happened? Oh, I rugby tackled a security guard at this festival, which I don't remember. So, I was in this band called Jeff, and I um, wrote a story in in the book about when we went to this uh, festival called Surfstock, and um, I sent it to him just to check that they were happy with it. And they were like, there's loads of stuff that you're not remembering, memory, back to memory. And I was like, oh, right. And then they sort of all told me bits that happened and everyone corroborated the story. Anyway, they all sort of, they knew what happened. And basically I forgot a detail, which was my friend Sal had a towel and I hadn't brought a towel to the festival. And she said she'd give me her towel if I rugby tackled a security guard. And I never (laughs) said no to a dare. So I rugby tackled him, which sounds awful because like what a little shit. But they were being really annoying as well. Undoubtedly, we were worse, but they were being annoying. And so I rugby tackled him. And then we nicked the walkie-talkie, ran away with the walkie-talkie and started like radioing in. (laughs) Dave, Dave, I've killed someone on gate two. And then uh, (laughs) they stole my fancy dress. 
and they were trying not to let us perform, but uh, we knew the organizers, so we did perform. And then the sound man kept like cutting us, but then the guy dressed as Alice in Wonderland, who we think was in crack, Alice from Alice in London, is pretty much on crack. He um, uh, kept telling them to let us play, so we did play the gig. Yeah, this is amazing. I need to know more but about. There was more Jeff. that story. Hang on, because the Go. guy that the guy we were also supposed to dance to, I can't remember the band's name, but when we were having the walkie-talkie, like running around with it, we made friends with this guy in a proper band, and he was like on this other stage, and he said, "Will Jeff come on and dance like to her first song?" And we were like, "Yeah!" And then he told his bandmate, and his bandmate was like, "Absolutely over my dead body," because he remembered <laughs> us from. Where we were supposed to play this recording studio, but our friend Connor put it in the NME for a joke, like as a party. But then because it was listed, the guy was like, oh, I haven't got a license for that. So I've moved you to the Macbeth. So we all went down to play the Macbeth and we had like about 100 friends coming because they were going to come to the party. So everyone like lost their shit. We were so bad, but everyone was like, yeah, Jeff. And like the sound man couldn't believe his eyes and ears because he was thinking this band is the worst band I've ever seen. Everyone's going mad. People are losing their shit. So he pulled the sound, he pulled the sound on us and we were like, no, and everyone went mad. And then he fucking hated us. And then we went into a room downstairs at the Macbeth and this girl, this burlesque dancer was sucking him off in this room and she was dressed as an astronaut and we were pissing ourselves. So he hated us so much because we ruined his night on two different occasions, the same night, two different occasions. So then when we were at Surfstock and his friend was like, made friends with us and he was like, Let, let's have Jeff open. And he was like, what the fuck are Jeff doing here? I hate that band. So yeah. They're going to ruin everything. Stories like that, basically. But with a bit of spiritual depth as well. And what kind of band were Jeff? We did our own songs like Rocking in the Evening with my friend called Steve Nin, Gas, Gas. <laughs> Gas Gas, It's My Fuel, Fill Me Up, Baby, I'm Coming For You. Rockers of All That Word. And then we did covers. Amazing. Mm. I need to hear some Jeff, partly because I almost reached out to you once and offered to perform some songs with the word cuddling. Because you because there was about five episodes in a row where you just barely even tried. You'd start so there's a part in Cuddle Club where you replace the the, yeah. the, word, the lyrics of songs that, with cuddle. Please can you do that for me? I went to offer and then I was please. like, no, I'm I'm a white straight man approaching no, a woman please, and saying I'll that do for that me. for you. Please can you? I think it would really <laughs> lift the feature because it's getting ridiculous now. It's one of my favourite bits because obviously part of the humour is the confusion of it but there's points where you'll sing the lyrics and just put cuddling like once and it'll be like no, please just do a few just do like four for me five I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a few, a few yeah. and I'll voice note that'll them to be you, great yeah 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 can, it'd be uh, lovely to play it in you spoke upon there's there's loads of stories like that but also spiritual depth there was a line early on because I've not read much of it yet cut that, that out it's not, really, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like a page turner, does it? You've got to page 25. Is, it is. It honestly is. But I've, I've got script in development what, what, at the moment. Oh, I'm trying to get this film made. So oh I've got, you know, God, I'm a yeah. busy guy. Okay. But I'm, honestly, the weekend after this, mm. <laughs> I've got a whole weekend where I'm cat sitting for my mum. That's cute. And honestly, if I've not finished it by then, mm. I am steaming through it. I'm excited for it. But Where does your mother live? Only up the road, so five minutes up the road. But her cat is now 18 or 19, mm. and it's absolutely lost its shit. Right. It won't eat unless you, 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 you're you watching it. Oh. So it'll call you out to the kitchen. 
Yeah. And then if you're not standing there watching it, it won't eat. If you oh. walk away halfway through, it will come back in and be like, I'm not finished. Oh, like, the show's not over. Oh. So, and because he's got this thyroid medication as well, he wakes up about three or four times a night needing to, to eat. So last time I did this, I got about two hours sleep over the whole night. But I'm also, you know, adamant to point out, He's been a good cat for like 18 years. Yeah, it's only yeah. at this point he's turned into an absolute lunatic. So, yeah, yeah. fair dues, fair dues. So I'm going to be, be doing that and, and reading your book well into the night. But there was a line in it that really, again, and there's been loads. I've, I've read more than I'm implying here, but there's loads that I'm laughing along. I'm thinking of, you, of it all in your voice and in your delivery and it's cracking me up. And then there'll be bits that just smack me in the face. And one line I noted was, the freedom that comes from celebrating people for who they are rather than trying to force them into a role that they were never made for. And it's early on when you're talking about when you came to terms with your relationship with your dad and things like that. Mm. How easy has it been in your life to come to these moments of realisation that rather than beat yourself up over things or beat other people up like mentally over things mm. and physically, if you're biting them in the face, yeah. but beat other people up mentally over things, it's better for you to accept rather than to try and f- f- force people into these 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 roles or, or brackets well yeah I think that's the that's the one good thing about getting older isn't it you're not sort of running around I <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know it's so pointless isn't it trying to govern other people's sort of personality yeah. or reactions or whatever but I'm still a little judgy bitch though I know all this shit and then now and again I'm still a little judgy bitch but how are you at it, 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 it with relationships? Because I think that, that can be the hardest place because you meet someone and you can build them up. There's a great Fernando Pessoa quote, which I think is really beautiful, but I once t- told to a partner as we were laying in bed chatting and it didn't go down great, but he said, um, we never truly l- l- love anyone because we love the version of them that we have built in our minds. And, yeah. and, and his point there is that not in any shady way, but we're different people with different people, if you know what I mean. I'm different when it's just me and my mum to when it's me and my mates or to yeah. when it's me and my partner and things like that. So his point was the version of that person that you're in l- l- love with is never a complete, is never the complete reality of who they are. So we yeah, love I do fictions disagree. of people. I do disagree with that though. Yeah. Because I think you can sort of, I know like there's going to be different versions of people or whatever, but you can still know that someone's soul is good. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, I th- It's confusing if like, as well, I think love is addictive because they're putting you on a pedestal and they're seeing a best version of you. And that becomes yeah. addictive because then you're sort of like someone's seeing your true potential or whatever. And you're like, oh, wow, this is addictive. So yeah. it's tricky, but... I don't know how anyone falls in love and stays in love because it's such a myriad of complexities and everyone's just playing out their childhood unless they've done loads of fucking work on themselves. And even then, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, you touched upon a really, really interesting point there as well, that when we're the one that is being loved, it can change who we are in a good way. Like, I've come out of relationships and gone, oh, right, I changed myself in certain ways because I wanted to be the person that they wanted me to be. Mm. And those changes are good. Like, I'll take them with me. I'll take them on with me, which wouldn't necessarily have happened. But because you're like, well, they think I'm this person. (laughs) Yeah. I'd better be this person because otherwise it's going to be a letdown. Yeah, I think you can take a lot from the way other people see you, I guess. 
Yeah. I don't know why everyone doesn't just communicate. And then, like, if you communicate and said everything, then I guess you could have a good relationship. I don't know. But then do you say if you fancy someone else or whatever? Like, as in... You know, I think that's the best way. I Yeah, I th- my friend just tells her husband if she has a little crush and he's like, yeah, I know, I've seen you with them. Like, I know you do. And by the way, mm. he looks like exactly like me. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I think that's so healthy. Why can't everyone do that? But then it's tricky. I suppose it's tricky. I think it's really tr- tricky and really interesting. I think we're in a period where we're finally realising that all relationships are unique and individual and people have different needs and wants. Like, some people would be able to handle that. Yeah openness and some wouldn't yeah Um, yeah that's some people are suited to monogamy some people are suited to polygamous relationships and and various other things all the way along Mm. the line and the only thing that annoys me is when people get on their pedestal about how anyone else should be or what kind of relationship anyone else could you do i don't think i could do polygamy could you which one's that? Is that where Oh, no, you've... hang on. Just multiple partners or whatever, or just open relationship. It's interesting. In a previous relationship, we discussed possibly bringing someone else into the relationship. And for me, it was a really interesting realisation that I think it's really important. A um, A girl. And that so, was the kind of... What, so, your, felt, so your girlfriend at the time liked a girl and then... They were bi and oh yeah. I'm straight. So yeah. that always made me feel guilty in a way. Yeah. Because it's like, if we're talking about bringing other people in it feels greedy of me to be yes but only a girl yeah but I'm straight and that was just the situation that we were in but um I realized really quickly that I think it's really important to be into the individuals in the situation and not the situation ah yeah so to speak even on threesomes I know people who have had threesomes and they've had threesomes because they wanted to have a threesome not because they wanted those two individual people whenever I've had a situation of a threesome arise, I've been really conscious to go, right, am I respecting the individuals in this? Yeah. And I want, I'm I'm attracted to them for them, or am I going, threesomes are kinky. Chalk it up. Threes- yeah, Chalk yeah, it yeah up. let's, to tell let's get boys. on the list. <laughs> and I think that's the case on polygamy, on non-monogamy, on all the different things there as well. It's got to be on, on mm. the individual and in the situation. In, the, in, in that situation, I felt it could possibly work. But I wasn't did you do certain. it? No, we didn't in the end. Yeah, it didn't work out in the end. But it was the, the closest I've ever come. Like, it was a disgust thing and a... Wow. I, was even, that with your again, last girlfriend? Why have you split up with your yeah. girlfriend, by the way? Let's not get into that okay, okay, just okay. now. But um, yeah, it didn't work out. But it was a beautiful thing. And like yeah. you spoke about communication, and I instantly thought then, I've not talked about this publicly, but the conversation that me and my ex had when it was over was one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had because the openness from from both is like it was a proper grown up breakup if you know what I mean we really communicated and really tried to make it work it wasn't a oh this is like there wasn't no no one did anything wrong but so it was a genuine although it was the end I've got fond memories of that moment even though it was tears and all these things it was like no we were both so honest about how we feel about what we need about what would and wouldn't work that's a disaster Um, yeah, but it's, again, it's a beautiful no, thing. No, and but it's again, so hard when it's like there's not a big reason. It's so hard. Yeah, it really is. But the beautiful thing for me was it made me realise, because I often, Brett often refers to me as a robot because mm. I'm, I'm such a slave to, to logic. And the beautiful thing there was I had a really nice moment of realising I, I loved this person so much that I could accept that the best thing for them 
was not being in this relationship at this time, wow. in this moment. And that could be a positive thing. And I kind of had in my head a lot, the whole kind of, no one tells you, like, the whole, if you if you love someone, set them yeah. free. No one mentions how fucking, how much that hurts. Yeah. And how gut-wrenching and, and destructive it is. Because it's a nice, beautiful saying. But, yeah. you know, all the cliches and all the all the platitudes are rooted in in truth, aren't they? So yeah. The, yeah. there is something beautiful and peaceful there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly put m- me in a place where I feel I don't feel at the moment, I don't know what relationship, w- if any, would ever work f- f- for me. Why? If that makes sense. Well, we, we discussed it either when you were on mine or I was on yours. There's things like, I don't want to live with someone. Oh, yeah. Um, that really... And again, it's been beautiful. Someone on my on my list of favourite boys and girls was Fern Brady. And her book was really helpful for me because she spoke about her neurodivergence and she mm. spoke about one of her things with her brain is she needs a certain amount of time on her own and she yeah. used to feel really guilty about that. And I yeah. did as well. I'd be in relationships thinking, oh, I'm just not committing because I'm... I'm I'm a dick in yeah. some way, but it was a big realization to go. I definitely have neurodivergence. A stammer and a stutter is connected to neurodivergence, so I became more comfortable with the fact. No, I just need that. That's just yeah. how my brain is. I need my own space and my own time, and I still adore the time I spend with someone. Yeah, but I struggle with that. And there's a load of things. I think marriage is bizarre. I think it's a really odd thing. Like, I'm a fan of the celebration of anniversaries and stuff because you've done it. Mm. But, like, imagine if we all got together t- to celebrate a, 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 your fifth book, like, n- next week. Yeah, Because you plan to write five books. Yeah, lovely. It'd be lovely, but it'd be insane. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me. No, but, but, you, no, but, no, but no. it'd be bonkers. But I don't see marriage like that. It's, it's, it's like you want to, it's intention. So mm. you have the intention that we're going to, like, create a life together. You know, and so I think that's lovely. I don't think you're sort of chalking up the anniversaries in advance. Hang on, I really no. need to piss though. Can I just quickly piss? You go ahead and have a quick piss. Okay, I'll be we'll so We'll continue quick. this. Go ahead. Ow! It's hard to lay in the same position the whole time. Uh, uh, listeners, I'll see if I can keep talking so we don't have to edit anything here. But as Lou just alluded to, Lou has been laying down for this whole chat, comfy on a bed. Oh, a cat has just come into shot. Um, on the Cuddle Club podcast, Lou alludes to the fact it is a marked competition and the winner will get a meet and greet with, with her kittens. Um, I can confirm from what I can see on screen, they are no longer kittens. There's, I believe, a real plant and like a cuddly toy f- fake plant. It's lovely. This is a lovely scene. Okay, I'm back. I have to Here have we a are. proper setup. So, um, no, then it's fine. I lay down and then my back hurts because I've been laying flat for too long. But anyway, yeah. here we are. Back to weddings and marriage. Mm. I agree with you on all of that. But the bit that I like, I'm fine. I love the idea of intent and long term intent and mm. commitment. What I don't get is kind of bringing the law into it or the government into it and and legal things and all that. But the thing for me, and this came back to bite me in the ass on my last relationship, because my whole point is, if I'm 10 years into a relationship, I don't want someone to be with me because we agreed to. 
Like, if they no. no longer want to be with me, I want them to be able to go. Well, I'd rather they, they can, if, it's, if it's not worked but out. everything but. always changes, but it's to do with, uh, well, we need rituals in mm. life anyway. So it's kind of like a ritual about, like, at this time, like, you know, we're saying at this time that we're going to try our best to kind of make this work. So it's just a ritual, isn't it? Mm. Again, I think that's, I just, I struggle with it in my head. And again, to be clear, I went to my cousin's wedding last year. I cried. I, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But yeah, for me, it just doesn't. And again, that could be both of these things. It's also a tax break. So it's kind of crazy not to. <laughs> again, again, that's the bit that gets me is I'm not a fan of of governments and so on and so forth and getting them involved and then us pretending it's it's romantic i guess i guess that's it like there are tax reasons there are legal reasons there are all sorts of things but it's painted as the most romantic thing in the world and i yeah but you only need to worry about what like you think about it like if i got married i think i'd go off to like an island and just do it like two or four people or whatever so i feel like the bigger the wedding the the less sure they are you know when they're just throwing loads of money at it but um it's a show but it's nice to feel i think people that i've spoken to that have got married they feel more secure in the relationship because it's like they've gone that extra and also my friend was with someone for like 20 years and he never wanted to marry her and it wasn't the right relationship for him and she always wanted to and he didn't and now he's with someone else and he probably will get married and Mm. you sort of think i don't know I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, as said, it's 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 finding what works, I guess, and I guess that's part of getting older as well, right? Of mm. of going through the relationships that you force to work, and then finding one that isn't any any effort to make it work, and then finding others that just fall apart. It's all yeah, yeah figuring it out along the way. Yeah, I'm gonna get married uh, to four people. Just hedge your bets. Yes. Four at the same time. Four at the same time. Yeah. Heads your bets. One of them will work yeah. out. That's maths. Yeah, that's, that's, that's perfect. I like it. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start to wrap things up, but one of the things I really enjoyed on the... Um, I only received the PR document for your book yesterday. Oh, they sent um, that. They're not supposed to send that through because it's not completed yet because I hadn't seen it. Well, unlucky. I've got it. Oh, well, I hope you had the amended copy anyway. What, 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 what time did they send it through? It was yesterday afternoon. Oh God, I dread to think. There was just there was just a line that excited me, Lou. Yeah. No, I was that line not finished yet. No. Okay. A creative, dynamic, and all-encompassing PR campaign <laughs> will be back in this title. What have you got planned, Lou? No, that I didn't write that, did I? What, I don't know what. No, that what means. creative and well, you've got to commit to it now. What creative, God. dynamic, and all-encompassing PR are you gonna do? for this book I, I listened to Catherine Ryan on, on Chatterbix recently yeah um, and she was talking about how she'd stopped working with a PR company because she did feel that PR at this point is just about creative it's like it's not where it once was that we'll mm-hmm. get you on this show and this show or we'll put a poster up or yeah. whatever it's about like Catherine would at an airport with Joe Wilkinson once, she bought a load of copies of her book and, and did a signing and it went crazy on social media. Oh, wow. It just went viral. Like, oh, that's and amazing. she was like, I just did that. And that was that that was bigger than anything the PR company did. Wow. And she was saying that that's how PR is. So I want you to brainstorm now some creative, oh, that's dynamic that's and all encompassing PR. I could go door to door with the book. I could try what what's a demographic do you think I should target? Well, I would like you to push. I always had a thing when I did music was I would get depressed when my, not depressed, this is bad now. 
I was always excited when my audience was more working class like me. Yeah. And I would be less excited when I'd have a lot of kind of really well-educated, posh white kids. Yeah, and yeah, again, yeah. I'd meet them, that'd all be wonderful. But do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you have yeah, that reaction. Yeah. You know who you of want course. your audience to be. Yeah. So I think you take a load of books down the skate park. Oh, that's And you get nice. the skate yeah, kids yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and just... Like, skate up to people. They've got no fucking Signing money. it as you go. They've got Signing no money. No, it's all... It's, it's just to get... For this one, it's just for the PR. It's just for, for the social media video. Yeah, okay. Maybe skate trip up and give them a book it's a bit tricky it's a bit tricky because well maybe I'll take it to a dating event or something Uh, like uh, you know you have speed dating and just kind of use that speed dating event to give people a copy of my book and then say look if you're in you know this is who I am if you're interested let me know yeah I can't be asked with all the small talk yeah five or six dates to get to know each other here it is here's how you get to know me yeah and you can read this in the in a the day if yeah. you're not lazy. And that's seventeen ninety nine, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the price of two pints if you think about it these days. Yeah, yeah. And you and you'd buy me two pints if we were on a date. <laughs> Come on, be reasonable. Just be buy reasonable. my book instead. <laughs> I would advise you because when my book came out, I did a tour and I got Waterstones to come along to run my merch booth. So it's chart registrable so take someone from Waterstones along on the speed date yeah just so you're getting those charts chart just, sales oh to it's a, chart registrable if you do it there right if you, if you do it through a, a, a proper store rather than through your own web store or whatever often oh uh, yeah okay and also when Catherine Wine did it did she buy the books sign them and then give them away or did so she she's got the sales I mean she's, she's paid for the sales she's paid for the but sales but yeah she bought them and gave them away, I believe. She might have charged. Yeah. I don't know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also that's a bit more of an event if Cat- TV's Catherine Ryan's there. Where a lot, of, you know, half the people won't know who I am. So that is a bit you, different. Your TV is Lou Sanders. Don't give me any of that. Well, um, Taskmaster winner. Yeah, Taskmaster winner. Unforgivable. Unforgivable co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your Taskmaster outfit. That's a good idea. On the press release, they also put um, co-host of, and then the title, Mel Gidroich is Unforgivable. <laughs> I thought, well, it doesn't read great. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort That's beautiful. Of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Lou. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure we've not discussed all the same things as we discussed on the last well, two I, times I, we've I spoken and forgotten. One of us could have listened back, but who's got the time? <laughs> Come on, let's be reasonable. I've not even had time to read your book. Yeah. Um, what else is ahead? Is there anything else you'd like to plug other than the book? No, 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 no. Just the book. Perfect. And you're looking for four husbands? Uh, yeah, four husbands, yeah. Four husbands. So yeah. just just reach out on socials, I guess. Is that the best way to I guess, put in an application? I guess so, yeah. No pictures. <laughs> Um, unless it's a picture of the receipt of the book you've ordered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So send your receipt, send a picture of you with the book. Yeah, send And that'll be your application. pre-order receipt out on the 17th of August. Uh, Pre-order or order and, uh, you know, then we'll talk, I guess. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Lou. It's been a pleasure as ever. Thanks for having me.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Lou. Did you enjoy that? Because I think you could hear I did. As I said last week, I had Josie Long on last week. And the lead up to recording it, I was buzzed. Recording it, I was so clearly buzzed. And when it finished, it just left me in the the highest of moods. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Buy Lou's book or else. You can pre-order it now. There's a pre-order link in the description of the podcast. In fact, buddy piece, leave all this in the outro, but put a bit in the intro as well. I'll record a bit for the intro now, so people will be like, oh my God, I heard that earlier. I didn't even notice. Buddy piece is such a good producer. Right, here we go. And you can pre-order Lou's book now. I can't recommend... I'm recommending it. I'm recommending it again, and I literally can't recommend it enough. So, you know... There we go. That you, you will have heard that in the intro as well. And here I am fucking breaking the fourth wall. What a time to be alive. I'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. I've had three return guests in a row, but they're all... Oh, no, Lou was only on a couple of years ago. Two of the three haven't been on for like six or seven years. So, yeah, I've got... A, that's a weird way of saying I've got another return guest next week, and it's a fantastic one. All right. I'll see you all soon. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Titter, titter, titter.